Hello and welcome to Unbossed. Now, you know, we are so glad that you are here. You know, I want you to text the phone a friend, do something, let them know that one of the best hours of their day is happening right now. And in the co-host chair today, I have none other than Jackson White. Action Jackson is in the place today. Jackson, how you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm really enjoying this weekly Wednesday occasion that we have set up. You know, before this, there wasn't anything particularly special about Wednesday for me or anyone else in the entire country until <laughs> you and I came together and made Wednesday a special thing. You know what I'm saying? So now, just because of this, Wednesday is the best day of the week. <laughs> I ain't man to that. I can't do, you know, the hype man is here, baby. Yep. He is also in the building. a contributor on Rebel HQ. Jackson, is there anything happening in your Rebel HQ world that you want our viewers to know about? I just stay say stay tuned, you know, because we just had CPAC and the election is basically has basically kicked off already. We're gonna yeah. be seeing a whole lot of Donald Trump and a whole lot more Donald Trump and oh, a whole yeah. lot more of the Republican Party just kind of like, oh, please go away, please. I'm gonna shut my eyes for 10 seconds. Oh, he's still there. So, oh yeah, let's get ready to rumble. It is going to be a doozy. 2024 is in full effect right now, and you and I have talked about that on many occasions. We started talking about it last year. Yep. That as soon as the clock struck midnight on 2023, the games were going to begin, and here we are. So today, Jackson and I will be covering a new DOJ report is shedding light on the Louisville Metro Police Department, that same department that killed Breonna Taylor. The Biden administration lands themselves yet again in the WTF category, no surprise there. And later in the show, Trump is calling treason against the January 6th committee members. You heard that right, that is what the former president is doing because he got so much time on his hand to make all kinds of mischief. That is what he specializes in. But first, we're going to start in Louisville. Come to Louisville, Kentucky with us. Watch this. On April 26, 2021, shortly after I became the Attorney General, I announced that the Justice Department had opened a civil investigation into the Louisville Jefferson County Metro Government and the Louisville Metro Police Department. Our investigation sought to determine whether those entities engage in a pattern or practice of violations of the Constitution or federal law. That was Attorney General Merrick Garland. And the United States Justice Department has found that the Louisville police violated civil rights. These findings stem from an investigation that followed the murder of Breonna Taylor on March 13th, 2020. And let's take a look at some of what the Justice Department had to say in a press release. Following a comprehensive investigation, the Justice Department announced today that the Louisville Metro Police Department and the Louisville slash Jefferson County Metro government engaged in a pattern or practice of conduct that violates the United States Constitution and federal law. The department also announced that it has entered into an agreement in principle with Louisville Metro and LMPD, which have committed to resolving the department's findings through a court enforced consent decree with an independent monitor rather than contested litigation coming directly from the Justice Department. And details of the findings are as follows. The use of excessive force, including unjustified neck restraints and the unreasonable use of police dogs and tasers. Con conducts searches based on invalid warrants, unlawfully executes search warrants without knocking and announcing, unlawfully stops, searches, detains and arrests people during street enforcement activities, including traffic and pedestrian stops. Part two to this is the following, unlawfully discriminates against black people in its enforcement activities. Underline and bold score it, y'all know what. Violates the rights of people engaged in protected free speech, critical of policing, in other words, don't say nothing about them. Along with Louisville Metro discriminates against people with behavior, health disabilities when responding to them in crisis. This, this, this was the announcement today. And 
ladies and gentlemen, sisters and brothers, I did have a chance to watch this press conference. And it was really good to see the Department of Justice stepping in. They also emphasized during the press conference that Louisville had started to make some reforms right after the death or the murder of Breonna Taylor without the Justice Department coming in there. Good on them, wish they had made those changes before, then maybe Breonna Taylor would be alive. However, glad to see that they started working on themselves before the feds came in there. I was quite disturbed, Jackson, with some of the stuff that the that they that they found. They found that law enforcement officers in that area would refer to black people as monkeys, would call them boy, and also refer to them as animals. And I, I had myself, you know, the historian in me was trying to start to think, are we in the 1800s here? Calling black people monkeys, you know, something that uh, white Americans, put Jackson back up, please. Uh, you know, partaked in on a regular basis, calling us monkeys, calling grown men boy, calling grown women girls, and calling us animals. It really was quite chilling and disappointing. Well, I mean, in a lot of ways, just uh, based off different policies that have passed, we've gone back in time. I mean, you know, Roe being something that was in place for over five decades, um, and then just the cultural battles that we're having in terms of like, what is a woman? What is a woman's place in society? What is a man's place in society as uh, the world continues to change? But I think one of the you know most obvious things that stand out when we look at these types of stories, and even though it's definitely good that there's some form of accountability here, is that being a police officer is, you know, that's the profession that you get to follow protocol the least. You know, oftentimes, you know, we only talk about people who end up dead on the other side of these types of things. But even like with like speeding traffic tickets, different types of traffic violations, officers will often use different types of machinery that haven't been properly tested. Or, you know, they like every year, every two years, they have to get tested to make sure that they're showing the right numbers and they'll use machines that haven't been tested. If you don't have a lawyer, then you never would have figured that situation out. People who get thrown in jail, kept in jail, if you get pulled over with a couple of grams of marijuana. Oklahoma just failed to pass uh, their legalization of marijuana. So things like that still happen in states uh, um, like Oklahoma, uh, where police officers basically just kind of get to do what they want and expect to get away with it. So any form of accountability that we can have is extremely important. And that term, that word rather accountability was something that came up a lot during this press conference that in order to keep a community safe and also keep law enforcement officers safe, which the vast majority of them do do their jobs. I mean, I have law enforcement personnel in my family. I certainly have friends who have law enforcement personnel in their families. We know that it is a dangerous job, no doubt about it. Anything could happen at a moment's notice. But what is necessary is the community has to trust law enforcement. That means that they truly have to really protect and serve. You know, most law enforcement agencies have that on the side of their car, protect and serve. But unfortunately, historically, especially within the black community, it has not been an effort to protect and serve. It has been to lord over, right, to control and not protect and serve. So that accountability, Jackson, came up a lot. And also some of the remedies, I mean, the, the DOJ recommended about 36 remedial measures. And part of those remedial measures was clear police training. We know that training comes up a lot. Training can solve some of this, but it can't solve all of this. And the bottom line is what type of people are you hiring to be in these law enforcement agencies? Because ultimately what it comes down to is what is in their hearts. And you can't train that. I'm all for the training, don't get me wrong. But there's some things that training can not deal with. All right, so we got to do that. Another thing that they brought up that I thought was very important was the equipment. And Jackson, that's what you talked about. They found that a lot of the equipment that the law enforcement officers had to deal with was out of date, or as you noted, had not been tested. And then the other thing was a clear chain of command that the people in the chain of command have to have very high expectations and that there must be repercussions and consequences, my words, for people not following those procedures and those protocols immediately. That has to happen. And then the last thing that they mentioned was that there was no psychological 
testing for these officers over time. And I think that is vitally important in any type of police reform that you have to psychologically test these officers on a regular basis because the job is so intense and it can weigh on you. You gotta make sure that people are still in the right state of mind when they're doing work like this. So, and then some of the things that the city and that the that they started to, to put forward even before the DOJ was no more no knock warrants. A certain 911 calls will have co-responder models to it. Like do we need a social worker? Do we need somebody that's specially trained to deal with people who may have be having a mental crisis as well? A violence prevention services, internal audited auditors. So I'm really happy about some of the things. Lastly, they said they're gonna stay on them. And that's gonna be most important to make sure that they are following through with these activities. We we will continue to watch this as we watch all types of cases like this all over the country. It's past time for reform. The entire legal system needs to be reimagined from top to bottom. And that's from the streets where we have our law enforcement officers all the way to the courtroom. There is something wrong with the system in whole. But good on the Department of Justice and good on the mayor for taking responsibility. Now we are going to the US Senate. We're going into the committee, y'all, just for a little bit. Federal Chair Jerome Powell is at it again. Take a look at this headline with us. Fed Chair Powell says interest rates are likely to be higher than previously anticipated. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell on Tuesday cautioned that interest rates are likely to head higher than central bank policymakers had expected, citing data earlier this year showing that inflation has reversed or reversed the deceleration it showed in late 2022. The central bank leader warned of tighter monetary policy ahead to slow a growing economy. That reporting is coming from CNBC News. Further, Powell said that the current trend shows that the Fed's inflation fighting job is not over. Though he noted that some of the hot January inflation data could be the product of unseasonably warm weather. He is quoted as saying, we have covered a lot of ground and the full effects of our tightening so far are yet to be felt. Even so, we have more work to do. Adding that the road there would be bumpy, bumpy indeed. Now the announcement of rate hikes did not go over well with some of the dim senators who were in committee yesterday listening to Chairman Powell. I want you to take a look at this exchange between Senator Elizabeth Warren from Massachusetts and Chairman Jerome Powell. We are taking the, the only measures we have to bring inflation down. And putting 2 million people out of work, just part of the cost and they just have to bear it. Will, they, will, will working people be better off if, if we just walk away from our jobs and, and inflation remains well, five, six percent? And then Senator Warren wasn't having any of it. You know, you sense the arrogance and Chairman Powell's kind of, what would you have? But she took him to school. Take a look. Since the end of World War II, there have been 12 times in which the unemployment rate has increased by one percentage point within one year, exactly what you're aiming to do right now. How many of those times did the US economy avoid falling into a recession? You know, it's it's not as black and white as it, it very, Just very Just look infrequent. at the numbers, it actually yeah, no, is no, pretty black Alan Bliner's written a book on this. And, there have and been 12 times that yeah. we've seen a one point increase in the, in the unemployment rate in a year. That's exactly what your Fed report has put out as the projection and the plan based on how you're gonna keep raising these interest rates. How many times did the economy fail to fall into a recession after doing that out of 12 times. I think the number is zero. I think the number is zero. That's exactly right. Get him, Senator Warren. You let him know. You don't come all up in my domain asking me questions. I asked the questions here, sir. Oh, yeah. She set him up real good, Jackson. She took him all the way to school and she got right to the point. And this point is this if our financial system's vitality depends on folks suffering, being unemployed, then there's something wrong with the system. Hello, somebody on that? I mean, it's just as simple as that. And my stunt double, she always has something to say. This is what she said on Twitter, damn. 
breaking it down even more. Poor people are just collateral damage in this scheme. And that is really truly what this comes down to. And former Labor Secretary Robert Rice, you know, our in-house expert, vehemently disagrees with Powell. I want you to take a look at his tweet and then we're gonna take a look and a listen at a video that the former Labor Secretary put out. But he said raising interest rates is a terrible mistake. Bold that, underline it, underscore, message in a bottle on a train, not carrying chemicals or on a plane known as Southwest. The Fed assumes inflation is being driven by wage increases. Ain't that some stuff? I mean, okay, let me just keep on reading. That is false. That is false. Wage growth has lagged far behind inflation. You know what's a real driver of inflation? So glad you asked this question. Monopolistic corporations jacking up prices to maximize their profits. Let's take a look at what the secretary put out in video, shall we? Yeah, we shall. The truth about inflation is getting covered up by countless myths spewed by corporations and their political lackeys. Here are the facts. Fact number one, inflation is not being driven by wage increases. Although wages have been rising, they've been rising more slowly than prices. Hourly wages grew by 5% in the past year, but prices rose 8.6%. This means when you adjust for inflation, workers actually got a 3.5% pay cut over the past year. Fact number two. Corporate profits are one of the main drivers of inflation. Corporations are raising prices above what's needed to cover their higher costs. These markups have soared. Corporations are getting away with this price gouging because they face little or no competition. And they're using the specter of inflation as a cover. Last year, corporations raked in their highest profits in 70 years. One recent study found that over half the increase in prices we've been experiencing can be attributed to fatter corporate profits. There it is. Secretary Robert Rice laid it out. Over half of the inflation that we are experiencing is because of higher corporate profits. Read my lips. Damn greed. That is what this is all about. So do not fall for the banana in the tailpipe with these daggone corporations. And Chairman Jerome Powell, you know what, Jackson? There was a song, you better call call Tyrone, okay? Don't call (laughs) Jerome. But we do need Tyrone up up in here on the job because Jerome don't know what the hell he's doing. I got my speaker back here. I'll put some America Badu on right now. You better put it on. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Badu. But um, I, I think that this uh, exchange between uh, Jerome Powell and uh, Senator Warren really shows that financiers fancy themselves as captains of society. And really, at the end of the day, it's pretty obvious that they only have their eyes focused on private equity and corporate American profit because they always conveniently ignore the entire rest of the economy. Like, you know, the middle class people who have jobs that keep the lights on in the country, people with service jobs, hospitality, all of those things along those lines. And then as we just saw, the amount of record profits just completely demonstrates that inflation or any of the uh, economic problems that people are facing with the rising cost of living is just because corporate America does what it wants because ain't nobody going to do nothing about it. I mean, that that's the whole point of them bankrolling the system the way that they have. Um, you know, when we had the the pandemic, how many companies were bailed out and still fired thousands of people? That's right. Because they could. Every single year, corporations do what they need to do to keep their shares going higher so that the shareholders can be happy, so that they can dump their stocks at the beginning of every year. It's really plain and simple. It's right in our face. There's nothing really to dissect about it. It's just that we're uh, the collateral damage for people getting rich, kicking their feet up. That's all this is. There it is. And it really is good to have people like Labor Secretary Robert Reich really put the truth out there. You have other economists, for example, Stephanie Professor Dr. Stephanie Kelton, who is one of the leaders in modern monetary theory, lays it out that what this chairman is doing is absolutely wrong. And again, family, let me just say this to you and step family. If in fact the system requires people to suffer to correct itself, then it's common. I mean, 
The two toddlers in my life understand that. If I gotta cause them pain to be successful, something is wrong with that picture. They 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 dead toddlers dead gonna sure ain't gonna tolerate it. So why do we as grown ass people tolerate this kind of stuff? It is ridiculous on his face, and it is so it was so refreshing to see Senator Elizabeth Warren get down where Jerome Powell lives. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely calling Tyrone because I know Tyrone knows what to do. Because Jerome Powell absolutely does not know what to do, and this Fed chair. Is President Biden's Fed chair. Right? What I'm asking for us to do, America, is stop being complicit in our own demise. You saw in the clip that former Secretary of Labor Robert Reich laid it out that rising wages are not keeping up with inflation. So people really do not, when you solve for inflation, they really have not gotten any increases in their wages. What kind of country is this? What kind of system is this? It is immoral, it is untenable. We shouldn't even have something called the working, the working poor in America. If you work, you shouldn't be poor. And so many people work so many jobs just to make one end meet, just one. Not even thinking about the other ends that they have to make meet. Something is wrong with that. But yet still, we give billions and billions of dollars to the industrial, military industrial complex, don't even bat an eye. We sent billions of dollars over to the Ukraine. And while I totally support helping them, no doubt about it, they're an ally. Charity starts at home. We need to help the working class people here, the poor people here, the barely middle class people here. This America is unacceptable. This is a type of capitalism Capitalism run amok. We being led astray. Let me go ahead and quote me some Minister Malcolm X here on this. So I know one person, Jackson, I do want to call on Jerome, uh, Jerome, and that's that's the president of the United States of America. So he need to call Jerome and get this straightened out. And you and I, we're gonna call Tyrone along with Erica Badu. We'll be back after this. We're gonna get that phone call going. And welcome back to the show. We tried to call. Tyrone, but the line is is uh it went straight to voicemail. Must be a lot of people calling them, but we're gonna keep at it. Oh, the watch list comes on right after Unboss. You don't want to miss it. J.R. Jackson, watch him directly after Unboss the watch list. And you can subscribe. We need you to subscribe to Unboss. Why don't you do that? All you gotta do is click on the Q code, just go to Unboss TYT, do your thing. Become a subscriber. You can also gift a subscription to somebody. Y'all know this is one of the best hours of the day, so go ahead and do that. And you also can catch us wherever, and I mean wherever, you listen to your podcast. Carry us along with you everywhere that you go. All right, to my favorite part of the show, here we go, TYT. Members first, Shy Co-Train, hey Shy. Powell's primary job is to reinforce the status quo. In other words, protect the wealthy. You got that right, Shy. He's doing that very extraordinarily well, unfortunately. On Twitch, Music Man Dude. Love this combo of Nina and Jackson with a heart. Thank you so much, Music Man Dude. And thank you for subscribing for 21 months, Music Man Dude. We appreciate you, darling, for that. And Melanie, hey, Melanie, Nina Turner 2024. Hello, somebody. Melanie, I don't know if they ready for this, baby. Sister was set it on blaze, a blaze. And Galfar, so now change those cops who killed or charge. So now charge those cops who killed. Brianna Taylor. I hear you, Gelfar. That's in probably in the works right now. And in YouTube Super Chat, Donald, hey Donald, Nina the Superwoman and Superman Jackson. All right, Jackson, we got to bring our capes next time. Yeah, we're gonna have to. You know what yeah, I'm saying? We're we gonna have to, and then just put on you just gotta take your glasses off, and I'm gonna have to put some shades on, on or something, and then ain't nobody gonna know who we are. And then we're gonna go save right. the day. I'm <laughs> loving it, loving it, loving it. And then Hoover, hey Hoover, one look at Jerome Powell's career path, and this all makes sense in the sense that he's a capitalist, a corporatist, ex, ex, uh, he, he's a corporatist who bends the knee to morality and financially corrupt entities. He views everyday Americans as slot machines. Isn't that the truth, Hoover? Wake up and fire him, Joe Biden. True that. 
and Shane Nina Turner, a queen exclamation point. Thank you all so very much. It's so great to read the comments. We're gonna try to do this two more times before the end of the show. Oh, I sigh deeply. Take a look at this. We will now kneel. Miss Cinema, Miss Cinema, no. I have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. Is the president uh, annoyed, frustrated uh, with Marianne Williamson for jumping in the race ahead of him? Did he want a clear field to run uh, against the Republican nominee in 2024? Just not tracking that. I mean, if I had a, a uh, what is it called, a little a little globe here, crystal wall, that I can tell you. But I, I imagine eight ball, whatever. If I could feel her aura, I, I just I just don't have anything. I just don't have anything to share on that. Nothing to share. I wish he hadn't said anything at all on it, but here we are. That was White House Press Secretary Jean Pierre mocking Democratic candidate Marianne Williamson. Now, obviously, they're thinking about Marianne because if they weren't, she wouldn't have had to make that snide comment that she made. Marianne Williamson responded to the lack of respect shown by Jean Pierre. I have made it clear in the interview after interview that President is a nice, man and that I have no interest in taking political pot shots. But apparently the White House or at least as expressed by Corrine doesn't share my commitment to the high ground. That is coming from Marianne Williamson who is a presidential candidate in the Democratic primary. Obviously it doesn't, it doesn't. And I watched Marianne's launch video. She was very kind to this president, but in walks the press secretary talking that stuff. And you know, I'm, I'm very curious about how the, the, the reporter asked the question too. Is the president annoyed that she jumped in ahead of him? Uh, is this America or not America? Nobody got to get anybody's permission to jump into any race. Y'all see how that phrasing goes? Because this is designed to be skewed towards one person over another before the voters even get a chance to make a decision. America, we need to watch out for this kind of stuff. And it doesn't matter if it's happening on the Republican side or the Democratic side, it is wrong. Is he annoyed that she jumped in ahead of him? Ain't that some shit? Clearly, put bull in front of that, because that's what it is. And a lack of respect was something Marianne did not resort to in her official announcement. Take a look. Marianne Williamson was very, very kind. As I was saying, we might be having some technical difficulties, but it is okay. Marianne said it. She said, We are glad Trump was defeated, but it was more than just beating Don the Con. Soon as Biden won, there were far too many complacent members of Congress who felt their job was done. And Marianne Williamson got that exactly right because it was a whole bunch of folks saying that after Donald Trump was defeated, they was going back to brunch. Well, guess what? In some of the hoods in this country where people are misunderstood, the rural hoods, urban hoods, suburban hoods, people couldn't go back to brunch because they were never at brunch. So that kind of attitude, Marianne Williamson is absolutely right. That was no time to rest on laurels. It was time to use the power to provide, to have a vision that provides provision for the people. But they did not do that. Since they don't want to do that, we're going to hit them up with a reality check. When it comes to universal health care, 57% support federal government ensuring universal health care. This is in a survey, 57%. When it comes to free college education, check out this survey from the Pew Research Center in 2020. Among all US adults, 63% favor making tuition at public colleges free, including 34% who strongly favor the proposal. Slightly more than a third oppose tuition-free college, that's about 36%, which 20% strongly oppose. These views are little changed over the past year. So there we have it, folks, just in case the White House needs to know what the people in the streets really do want. And when it comes to paid family medical leave, this chart right here, do you favor having paid family medical leave? The overwhelming majority, 80%, Democrats, 89%, Independents, 76%, and Republicans, 70%. Now, if that ain't a mandate, I don't know what is. But you know why we can't have nice things? 
because most of these politicians answer to their owner donors. That's why we can't have nice things. Now, Marianne Williamson is proposing substance and neoliberals would rather run on symbolism only. And it's not just Marianne. We saw what they did to me when I ran for Congress and what they have done to other progressives when they step out there. You know, these neoliberals, they come harder at progressives than they do at Republicans. What they did to Senator Sanders in both election cycles, what they do to progressives as a whole, they want to diss and dismiss. But guess what? Marianne Williamson will not be dismissed. She is here to say she was on the show towards the end of last year and spoke directly to to the lack of substance, the lack of real conversation, a lack of real vision. Take a look at this. When it comes to our politics, we're not used to having deep, real conversations. I think when it comes to our personal relationships, the American has deep, real conversations as much as anyone else in the world. But we have all been trained when it comes to our collective issues, our political issues, to think like a bunch of seventh graders. We might tell the truth, but not the whole truth, not nothing but the truth. We don't get deep, we don't get real, we don't get direct, and we don't get blunt. No, we do not, Marianne, and I, I hate to say it, but I, I think maybe the seventh graders are insulted by that. Because they definitely think a lot deeper than some of these politicians who are controlled by their puppet masters. That is what is happening. You know, Jackson, I'm glad that Marianne Williamson is in this primary. And, and even Senator Joe Manchin is rumored to say, not rumored, he has said he ain't made up his mind. He might be jumping in too. I often say the more the merrier. Come on in, the water's fine. This is where we need to debate the ideas so that the American people have a choice, both in the Democratic primary and the Republican primary. Absolutely, I'm glad that uh, Marianne Williamson is in the race as well. And uh, just the response um, that that press conference was really unnecessary because the reality is is that incumbents are always in the strongest position, and that there's not going to be a ton of new faces until 2028. That's just what it is. It's always like that. And the reason I bring that up is because anybody in the race really can do nothing but push forward better ideas for the Biden administration to carry out. You know, it's not as if Marianne Williamson, especially at this point, is of is really in a position to take out an incumbent president, especially one who isn't currently like hated by the entire country. So it would have been much better for them to embrace her campaign and also to be willing to work with her, no matter what the outcome may be. But just shunning it like that uh, makes them look weak, and it also makes them look like they don't really have any plans, which they kind of don't. They don't. So that that's yeah, exactly. They don't. And it makes them look petty too. Yeah, you know, my yeah. stunt double tweeted out that this is beneath the office, and it really is. She did not have to go there. Marianne was so ridiculed when she ran in 2020. A lot of people didn't didn't understand her. They they made fun of the profession that she's in, which is an awesome profession to be in to help lift people's spirits. This woman is an accomplished woman. She's an accomplished author, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But why we got to run through her resume? When most men just wake up and say, hell, we running for president. They ain't got to have credentials the first, second, third, fourth, or fifth. And this is not about Marianne Williamson being a woman for me. This is about being her, her being somebody that is going to stand up against the status quo and will not be owned. This is what this is about. Somebody that believes in Medicare for all, that believes that black folks deserve reparations in this country, that believe that the workaday people of this nation deserve better than what they're getting. And I can go on and on. This is what this is about. It's about her substance, not her identity, her substance. And the White House should get a clue. They need to apologize to her for doing that. But they scared, because if they weren't, oh no, they thinking about it. They shaking in their boots right now, because if they weren't, they wouldn't have did that to her. But anyway, we going on to other things. We gonna keep up with Marianne Williamson and anybody else that jumps in the race. As I said, this is a republic and people should have the opportunity to weigh in whenever they want to weigh in. They ain't gotta ask for nobody's permission. Oh, the workers of France are taking it to the streets. I wish we would do the same thing in the good old US of A. Take a look at this. After a day of historic mobilization, a vow to intensify the fight. Tuesday brought the sixth and largest day of demonstration so far as protesters across France said no to President Emmanuel Macron's plan to raise the national retirement age from 62 to 64. Oh, the people said no. And then they got out there and let it be known that they're not gonna take this 
They're not gonna take this from this president. There were over a million protesters marching in solidarity all across the country. That's it. And one of the railway workers and a member of the CGT trade union, he put it best for Brees. This is what he said. The idea is to bring France to a standstill. You know what I'm saying for Brees? There it is. There it is. And that is over this president proposing to, to increase the retirement age in that country by two years. They say, oh no, brother. You're not going to mess with our quality of life. Oh, no, not on our watch, not without a fight. Oh, yeah, Fabrice, I'm with you, baby. Bring France to a standstill. Rail workers of France are the ones leading the charge. We could have had leadership of the charge right here in the United States of America, but the 117th Congress and this administration stopped the rail workers. They weren't even trying to, they they, they were just asking for, for a paid sick leave. That's what they were asking for. Yeah, the difference, you see the difference? Rail unions called for rolling open-ended strikes, which could affect all national trains as well as international routes, including the, the Eurostar. Bin collectors and truck drivers joined the action. You see that solidarity? By midday, approximately 39% of workers at the state rail operators SNCF were on strike. A union source told Agents France Press the highest number since the first strike against the pension charges on June on January 19th. There it is. Thank you, Guardian, for that reporting. They ain't playing with these people. They just not. But it's not, it's not just the rail workers. You see that solidarity across sectors. Refinery and energy workers also took part in strikes. The CGT union said the fuel drivers from refineries across France have been blocked from Tuesday morning, which could see petrol stations running short if the protests continue. Y'all better go ahead and make it plain. And then in addition, over 60% of teachers in primary schools are expected to be on strike. According to the profession's main union, the SNP. FCU. Now, Macron's retirement plan is being debated in the Senate and being hotly contested by left wing leaders of the country. Opponents, which opinion polls suggest include a majority of France, French voters, say the change threatens hard fought French rights. Left wing lawmakers say companies and the wealthy should pitch in more to keep the system afloat. America. Family and friends, ladies and gentlemen, sisters and brothers, America. We need to follow the example of the French people taking it to the streets. We need that same energy because what is happening in France could very well come to a neighborhood near us. What happens over there happens over here. Just check out this headline, Republicans are working on making 70 the new social security retirement age. Action Jackson. France got us, baby. They doing that. Absolutely. And I think um, one of the bigger things that really struck me is that Democrats don't realize how easily people could protest them. <laughs> you know, like for, for, right. for failing to stand up, failing to deliver on promises, for allowing a variety of different things to take place. And another important thing that we just saw about the Republicans working to raise a, a, the retirement age to 70, but they also are always talking about, like, oh, it's nonsense for you to suggest that we do these things. Even though Mike Pence, we just talked about how he went on CNBC and talked about this. And some of the people who might enter the race um, are looking to cut Social Security as well, which is only going to boost Donald Trump's popularity. But 100%, we have to come together more as a people. And not just for this presidential election, but just in general. Um, because we don't have time to waste. We don't have uh, many more opportunities to just allow corporate Democrats to just have the power and have the reins. Um, so I think that's very encouraging because as you pointed out, it can cause chain reactions. It can uh, you know, strengthen and give courage to people to do the same. So that's great to see. That part, Jackson, give courage and strengthen workers all across the world are really pretty much suffering the same fate. So we really truly are all in this together. Good on the French citizens for not sitting idly by like we do here in the United States of America and taking it and also for not worshiping their politicians. Thank you, France. We definitely need to take a note from that because we got a cult on the right and a cult 
on the left here in the United States of America. Just 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 boggles my mind. But good on you, France. We're gonna keep up with this. All right, now to more viewer comments. Warlock, hey Warlock. If Biden thinks Marianne Williamson is such a weak political lightweight, why not schedule a Biden debate with her right now? I know that's right, Warlock. And Marianne Williamson is asking for that debate. Knock her out of contention immediately, question my right, if she's so weak, but they know that's not true. Yeah, don't think so. They're not gonna do it. They ain't got the courage to do it. V, I always remember that during the Democratic debates last time, Mary Ann Williamson was the only one who brought up the issues of racism and reparations. Hey, ain't that the truth? And that was with black candidates. Woo, baby on the stage that did not bring up the topic. V, hey, all listen, when the truth hits you, you got to say, ouch, you, that, that's, that's truth right there. And on Twitch, Michael, let's get Marianne a win in South Carolina. Let's do that. Marianne Williamson was just in South Carolina, good on her. I'm going to South Carolina too, y'all. Y'all heard it here first, breaking news. And Christina, they're going to hate whoever tries to replace him, Biden. Yeah, I know because they don't believe in competition. See, they don't believe in choice, and and neither do you know. If it was a Republican president, we'd be saying the same thing. See, it's only the type of choice that these folks want you to make. That's when they believe in choice. But if you're making any other choice that they don't believe you should be making, then choice is out the window. The hypocrisy on Twitch. Let's get. Oh, I'm sorry, Twitch. Michael, I read you already. Thank you, baby. Knowing he needs to be replaced. Ooh, Christina, you did that. And Queen G. Tell it, Senator Nina, baby. I'm trying to tell it every single day. Go tell it on the mountain. I'm telling it right here in studio on Unboss. Really appreciate each and every one of you. And thank you for commenting during the show. Trump calls for treason. That's what the former president is doing. Why? Well, I'm so glad that you asked. Former President Donald J. Trump took his praise of Tucker Carlson to a whole new level. He called for members of the House Select Committee to be tried for treason. We showed you that footage yesterday, but let us remind you of what Tucker said. They were orderly and meek. These were not insurrectionists, they were sightseers. Footage from inside the Capitol overturns the story you've heard about January 6th. Protesters queue up in neat little lines. They give each other tours outside the speaker's office. They take cheerful selfies and they smile. They're not destroying the Capitol, they obviously revere the Capitol. They're there because they believe the election was stolen from them. They believe in the system. Here's the man you've heard referred to as the QAnon shaman outside the Senate chamber. Orderly, this man is just showing the footage he wants to show. Now look at the footage we showing. See, he left out all of this. He also left out the fact that some people died, particularly law enforcement officers actually died. Some who did not die will never be the same because it is orderly, orderly my behind. And it's just stunning. The whitewashing that featured a handful of clips of peace, but ignored hundreds of thousands of hours, or not hundreds, but hundreds of hours of violent attacks that most people have seen on repeat over and over again, which led Trump to put out this tweet. Great job by Tucker Carlson tonight. The unselect committee of the political hacks and thugs has been totally discredited. They knowingly refuse to show the videos that matter. They should be tried for fraud and treason. And those in prison and being persecuted should be exonerated and released now. Now at first blush, that looks just like standard Trump bluster, because we know this is what he does best. Trump is a big deal according Two or treason, excuse me, treason is a big deal. You just don't just throw that word around because it does have consequences. The consequences is punishable by death. Now, whoever owning allegiance to the United States of America levies war against them or adheres to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort within the United States or elsewhere is guilty of treason and shall suffer death or shall be in prison not less than five years and find under this title, and that is title 18 to 2381, they will be guilty of treason and shall suffer death, or shall be in prison not less than five years and find under this title, but not less than $10,000 and shall be incapable of holding any office 
under the United States. But Trump is leading, he's a leading candidate on the Republican Party. And he has pledged retribution if elected to a second term. Jackson, this is serious business right here. This, this, the, the, the election's over, the nomination is over. Because what we just watched- You think so? You well, think well, so? Well, well, here's the thing, what we just watched is Fox News refused to condemn January 6th. And that's like the biggest thing that you could get on Trump for, like period. That's the biggest thing, Fox News on do it. In fact, I was just reading an article from Politico about a week ago at this point now. Uh, where they were saying that the entire Republican Party is refusing to go after Trump on January 6th. If you're not going to go after him on that, you're essentially not going to go after him on anything whatsoever. And the thing about Donald Trump is, is that he's going to draw so much attention to himself. A lot of it's going to be for him doing ridiculous, crazy things. But some of it's going to be for him doing things like I'm not going to cut Social Security or whatever else it's going to be. That might be like a quick, nice buzzword for people. But he's going to draw so much attention to himself that he's going to be pretty much sucking up all the air in the room. And if nobody's going to attack him on something like Jan 6, like look at look at how peaceful it actually was. I mean, it actually wasn't that bad. You know, people were just kind of chilling. Then they're literally not going to attack him on anything. Yeah. So I, I just. What else is really going to be effective? What are what are these people really going to do? Like it's like they've already handed him the nomination, practically. It seems as so. And, and you know what, Jackson? I mean, they did do the hearings. They wasted a whole lot of time though, because they didn't take action after that. I mean, they really ran out the clock until we got to the 118th Congress, which we are in right now. And then re- pretty much threw up their hands and said, "There's nothing else we can do because we out of time because the Republicans just won the House." I mean, it was exercising futility because if they knew they weren't going to do anything, they could have been using that energy to bolster up the lives of the everyday people in this country if they weren't really going to do anything. And they knew that from the beginning. See, America, these are the kinds of games that people are sick of people playing. Stop playing with the American people's emotion. Now you heard it here. Jackson said the primary in the in the Republican on the Republican side is pretty much over. Jackson, we're gonna see if your prediction. We're gonna see. Comes to pass, we will definitely, definitely see. And them, like you said, Trump standing up for Social Security, him going to East Palestine, doing populist things like that. He's a faux populist, there's no doubt about that. Because he didn't do any of these wonderful things that now he's so upset that the Biden administration is not doing when he had the power, he didn't do anything. He definitely hiked up or decreased taxes for the ultra wealthy in this country. He did do that. But some of this stuff he's sitting up here protesting now, he did not do it. Now he's sitting up here saying, don't believe your lying eyes when it comes to what happened on January 6th. Woo, President Trump, shame on you, brother. But you you such a megalomaniac, you can't be shamed. So there it is. All right, on to some good news. There is a new stamp in town, baby. That's right. The Postal Service unveiled their latest forever stamp, which includes none other than author extraordinaire Tony Morrison. Who isn't this stamp of beauty? Toni Morrison in all of her glory, baby, with the locks on fleek, with that yellow background, woo, with that black on, baby, popping it, isn't she? The US Postal Service today celebrated the life and legacy of author extraordinaire Toni Morrison. Morrison artfully crafted novels exploring the diverse voices of the black community. The Postal Service stated, one of the goals of our stamp program is to raise awareness and celebrate the people who represent the very best of our nation. It's a privilege to represent the 650,000 men and women of the Postal Service. We honor Tony Morrison with one more tribute, our new stamp that will be seen by millions and forever remind us of the power of her words and the ideas she brought to the world. And that is coming from the US Postal Service Chief Information Officer. Now the stamp features photographer Deborah Feingold's photograph of Toni Morrison against a bright yellow backdrop. In a letter read at the unveiling, Former President Barack Obama and former First Lady Michelle Obama said, Ms. Morrison's writing challenged readers' consciousness and brings out their empathy. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. The letter read the following in a letter 
or Tony, excuse me, Tony told fundamental truths about our country and the human condition. But she didn't just reflect what was true. She helped generations of black Americans reimagine what was possible. That's why we return to her stories again and again, finding new meaning each time. And that was a letter from former President Barack Obama and First Lady Michelle Obama. And I agree with what they said there. And a little bit about the legendary Toni Morrison. Ms. Morrison, who died in 2019 at the age of 88 years old, was the author of 11 novels, including The Bluest Eyes, Song of Solomon, and The Pulitzer Prize winning Beloved. Her fiction told poignant stories that touched on identity, especially that of black women. She also wrote children's books and essay collections. Jackson, this is such such a beautiful tribute to her, very deserving of this tribute. Absolutely, and we need much more of that because we only get one month, now it's over. Now, you know, today is International Women's Day. It's like everything just gets slammed back to back and you can't really keep up with it. But beauty of people's lives and the wisdom that they left is it's never too late to pick up and read what they said or read what they did. And one of the better things about living in modern times is it's much easier to do so. So it's always nice to close out the show with something like this. Yeah, it is. It, it, it really, really is. And we really appreciate and respect uh, Toni Morrison for all the work that she's done. You know, we're going to add another ending to the show. We got a few more uh, reads from our, our viewers. JoJo, I'm beginning to think the reason our politicians stay in power into their 80s is the wealthy's attempt to convince us that raising the retirement age is okay. JoJo, that is a good point. I didn't think about that. And it is really, really easy for people who wear suits to 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 just run down the yellow brick road, gallop down the yellow brick road, talking about raising the retirement age because they're not using their physical bodies. A great point, JoJo. And on Twitch, Mary, hey Mary, when I visited the Capitol, no one was wearing gas masks. How weird, Tucker Carlson. Yeah, weird indeed. And on YouTube Super Chat, Sun Queen, when are you coming to South Carolina, Nina? That's my home state. I'll be there with my family. My mom loves you too. Tell mama I'm sending my love, Sun Queen. I showed you, I showed her your video of one of your speeches and she was hooked. Oh, tell mama I'm sending that love. Sun Queen, I don't know exactly when I'm coming, but it will be announced. It will be at some point, probably late spring, early summer. But oh yeah, I'm coming through. South Carolina, baby. All right, to all of our viewers, thank you so much. To everybody that, that we were able to get to your comments, thank you very much for your support of the show. And to the ones we weren't able to get to, maybe we'll get to you at another time. So make sure you participate. We love it so much. It was so great to have the one and only Jackson White in the house once again in the co-host chair. Jackson, we appreciate you so very much on Unbossed. You are part of the Unbossed family as is each and every one of you. Now, you know what I want you to do about this time? I want you to absolutely keep the faith. Faith, though, without works is dead. That's why I want you to keep, I want you to keep the fight. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Unbossed. If you like the show, then you'll enjoy our other podcasts on TYT Network like The Damage Report with John Iderola, Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie, and The Young Turks. Make sure to listen and follow, and if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating.